0: Jeez. Okay. My body hurt. I feel old. Doing the old thing. Drinking oh, are you, tea oh, at you Oh, my god, you're,
1: you're testing levels?
0: No, levels are should be fine, at least.
1: Oh, so you just started recording and you didn't tell me while I was no. texting? No. God, no. This is literally what you did? Yeah. Episode 18, you're going to do me dirty like this?
0: I do you dirty every episode. That's why we have the, the interesting... Phrasing? Fair. <laughs> <laughs> That's why every episode starts like with a weird intro because we start thing. recording a little bit early.
1: It's our thing. Hold on. Yeah. I'm replying to a, a fan. A fan. <laughs> Not about fast pass. Why don't you guys talk to us? Please. I just want to get dm'd on Twitter like history's cool and then I could be like you are loved here.
0: Send me a history meme, please. Send me a
1: history <laughs> meme so I know it's real.
0: <laughs> so I know history is real. <laughs>
1: History isn't real unless there's a meme of it.
0: Facts. Anyways, peoples, welcome back to Fast Past, the (laughs) history podcast in close to 30 minutes or less. I am Jason.
1: And I am Megan.
0: So I've been listening to a lot of this band called The Who.
1: Ah, the British rock band.
0: No, like The Who, (laughs) H-U. Anyways, they're a Mongolian rock band and uh, I love them. They are awesome. They have a song dedicated to the dude we're talking about this episode. Who? Yeah, they have a song about uh, the dude we're talking about this episode.
1: I still don't get that joke. I don't understand it.
0: Because cause they're the Who? Who? Who, who?
1: What are you, a fucking owl? <laughs>
0: Look, the... one of us here is possessed by an owl. Just <laughs> who? try and... Yeah, that's it. We just don't. <laughs> hmm.
1: <laughs> okay, got it. So, The Who.
0: The Who have a song about our dude, uh, Chinggis Khan. No, do they really? Yeah. It's was... pretty dope.
1: Oh, was that the one we just watched?
0: No, that was something else.
1: Oh. Well, bitchin', you go the who. But don't you mean Genghis Khan?
0: Well, that's just it. Both of these names, Chinggis Khan and Genghis Khan, are titles that were given to him. His actual name is Temujin. Temujin. Yes, that was his birth name. Anyways, let's get on talking about the dude who would eventually kill an estimated 40 million people.
1: If you want to put that into perspective, think of World War I's deaths twice. Minus Holy 10 million. Holy shit. <laughs> that's a lot.
0: let's just not get too ahead of ourselves uh before i get started just wanted to say that finding birth and death records of this man was a bit of a bitch (laughs) like this problematic little shit made so many things hard to figure out like bah i mean it also doesn't help that in the 20th century when the soviets controlled mongolia they tried to snuff out any type of mongolian nationalism which included uh national hero and founding father of mongolia A.K.A. Genghis Khan.
1: Oh, he's the founding father of Mongolia. One of. Oh, did they have a room of white people too? No, no. <laughs> I'm get it, get it, get it. A...
0: The Mongols have a room of white people. Probably. <laughs> they invade everything. They they do. <laughs> they do invade everything. But yeah, uh, the the Soviets removed him from books. Mm. Um, they barred people from pilgrimages to his place of birth, and they banned mentioning his name. Shit.
1: Now, we know that like the Soviet Union was intense, oh, but. Yeah. Banning from mentioning a name just seems extra to me. Well. Did he have that much power? Like, is it like Mufasa? Mufasa. Ooh.
0: (laughs) Like, imagine someone comes to the United States and says, you never had a president before. Like, none of your presidents are real. None of them exist.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: It's like trying to take out any of, of your history.
1: So, like, what Trujillo did. Yes. Any history before him.
0: Yes. It's like removing the largest chunk of history.
1: What's up? Like, some of the
0: people that you're most proudest of. It's like, gone. Nah, they're not real. You're not allowed to say their names.
1: And that's why history is written by the victors, folks.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Either way, yeah, once Mongolia got their independence back, they totally flipped and made him an even bigger deal than he was before. Out of spite. Like, you know how today, if you tell people on the internet not to do something, they're going to do it? Of course. Yeah, it's exactly that. They gave no fucks. And um, boom, he is a living legend. Uh, he's dead, but he's a legend. Uh, so anyway, our story starts with a boy uh, named Temujin being born ar- approximately the year 1162 A.D. See, young Temujin had a bit of a rough upbringing, despite being the great grandson of Kabul Khan, who was the first Khan. Hmm. He was the leader who was known for bringing together the Mongolian settlements into a form of unity. He wasn't the best, but it was a good start.
1: Yeah, why is his life rough if he's related to the literal first leader?
0: Well, it wasn't because he had asshole parents. It was because life was harsh on him and his tribe. Uh, he was born on the banks of the Onan River in Mongolia, and just a lot happens, and I want to do more research on it because there's just so freaking much that goes on. But let's just start off with him being betrothed at the age of seven to a girl from another tribe.
1: Ah, uh. Political marriages, we love to see them.
0: Yeah, the fact that it was, like, some random girl was a little weird, because he didn't know her before.
1: Of course, no political marriages.
0: Yeah, and then when he met her, he was just like, I'm not interested in you.
1: For real? For real. Oh He's just God. like,
0: I, whatever. That's like... We're getting married. It doesn't mean I have to like you.
1: Was he Was he Vincent Van Gogh? No, it was... It
0: yeah. Was, it was more of, like, a... No, he didn't even really care about her. He's just mm. like, oh, you're someone i'm getting married to okay but like this random girl was named borta of the Ungarot tribe i'm probably going to be messing up all of these goddamn names just letting you know right now
1: but it wouldn't be fast past if we said things correctly
0: facts so around the age of nine though the book i'm reading suggests that it happened when he was 13 his father was poisoned (laughs) to death like he actually died from the poison
1: so it wasn't like a rasputin thing where he got poisoned should have died but then survived and then died later he just straight up
0: Straight dead. Dead. Just dead.
1: At 9/13.
0: Either way, not good years for having your father be poisoned. <laughs> no! Yeah. So, uh, turns out that Temujin's tribe had a bit of not too good relationship with the other tribes in the area. Not all of them. But there was, like, a bunch of tribes, like, uh, uh, I'm messing these names up: Kyrgyz, the Oirat, Merkid, Tatar, Karyid, Neymar and Ongud ethnicities there's there's more but these are the ones that I know of (laughs) uh see not all of them originated in Mongolia but they were fighting over the turf and it was the Tatars that killed his dad
1: damn yeah damn
0: so with his father dead uh the tribe was getting a little bit worried so they uh kicked him his mother and his siblings out
1: to just fend for themselves
0: oh yeah so uh he and his family had to hunt and forage at a young age and he learned this shit at the age of nine, thirteen, how shit. to hunt for eight people.
1: Oh my God.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a damn crazy start to his life.
1: Yeah, that's that's a that's a story like a first date thing, like, oh, what happened to you when you were a kid? Well my dad was poisoned when I was nine and I got expelled from the tribe, so I've been hunting ever since.
0: Oh shit, are you okay? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what happened to these uh siblings of his?
0: Well, uh, it's rumored that he killed one of them.
1: (laughs) Not gonna lie, there is a point in every person's life where they want to kill a sibling.
0: Every time.
1: Every time. But he he really fucking did it. He committed. Probably. Probably?
0: More than likely. Uh, but the rest of them survived. Probably? Probably. (laughs) Um, but, see, Temujin had a bit of a silent rage about him. He was patient about it, though. Uh... So it's possible that he killed one of his siblings? So according to the book that I'm reading off of, he didn't fight with his siblings often, but when he did, he did so with determination and conviction. It's like he would mess them up. Mm. But he is said to have sat through someone's abusive words to him, just like talking mad shit about him, and he would just sit there, glaring, silently. And as soon as they were done, nothing else to say? He would just stand up and without saying a damn thing, just start attacking them.
1: Yeah, I feel like this is you on steroids because I, <laughs> <laughs> because no 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 I, I feel like if I'm like I feel like if someone's like doing like reading you the riot act is that the right phrase when you're getting like shit on right mm-hmm. like remember that lighting design thing when yeah. you got shit on you just sat there and you took it but I feel like if someone had, like, injected some steroids into your arm, you would have just fucking choked that guy out.
0: A little roid rage?
1: A little roid rage. That's what you need, Jay. And then your gang is caught, And then you kill 40 million people. Please don't take roids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, it sounds a bit brutish, but when adults looked into his eyes, it is said that they would see that he lacked any charms associated with childhood. <laughs> so they pretty much would just treat him as an adult. And this was before his father was killed.
1: So they just, like, he he was popped out the womb, and they looked him in the eyes, and they're like, ah, adult eyes. Yo, get a job, you lazy baby. (laughs) Probably. So he had no childhood at all.
0: Yeah. And as much as he wanted to be a child, like, he was the oldest of seven kids and had to lead them as best he could. Hmm. Like, there was times he would spend time with his mom where he would just sit in the tent while she took care of the younger siblings. He had to lead them. So at the age of 16, uh, while it's just him and the family, the small yurt was attacked in a raid of about 300 people.
1: (laughs) So you know that scene in Mulan where they're like at the mountains and Mushu accidentally sets off that firework Mm -hmm. cannon. And then like the avalanche comes in. Mm -hmm. That is what I picture when you say 300 people with a yurt.
0: Yeah, it's like, like one of the tents that they have in Mulan as well. Yeah. That is, that is literally pretty much a yurt. Oh, my God. So, it was one tent for eight people that's being swarmed <laughs> by,
1: 300.
0: by 300. Oh, rest in peace. So, the wildest part was he knew about the raid a month in advance.
1: So, he archduke Franz Ferdinand into this.
0: Yeah, but he, he... knew about
1: it, but let it happen anyway.
0: I mean, he tried to prepare for it as best he could, though. Mm. Like, he set up a fortified yurt in... Uh, not a yurt. A fortified hut in the woods. The... He would, uh... Him and the family ended up running, too. But he didn't exactly expect 300. He expected, like, 50 or 60. Shit. So they make it back to the fortified hut in the woods. And he would fire arrows back from the hut. He rushed his family out the back door. They hopped on horses and fled deep into the woods. And, uh, he ended up waiting for them to be gone for a while.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he also tried to escape out the back... And he did. He escaped. Kind of. He got stuck in the woods and in this one area where it was a um, mountain doff. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get out of those this mountain off area was like climbing these really uh, steep slopes. Mm-hmm. Or back the way he came. He lost his horse. He had nothing to eat. And this was nine days after the family ran.
1: So he just was like, well... Guess I gotta go back then.
0: Yeah, he tried to sneak his way through and he ended up getting caught by the uh, Taichiyu raiders.
1: But but considering we're still hearing about him, this clearly isn't the end of his story. So, Temujin.
0: Temujin, the the future Genghis Khan.
1: So Temujin, the future Genghis Khan, struck at night when they brought him to their tent city. So he knocked out this guard and then he fled into the woods. But starving, half-naked and shackled... He ran until he was exhausted. Mm -hmm. And then an old man who knew Temujin and his father told him he was like, yo, stay hidden and I'll cover for you.
0: Yeah, but the thing was, he was starving and needed food. So later that night, he snuck into the man's tent where he and the dude's sons unshackled him.
1: But it was this man's 10-year-old daughter who hid him in a cart full of wool and snuck him food. He stayed under there under many layers of wool, just like sweltering you know how hot wool gets right
0: yeah it was like many layers of it
1: <laughs> yeah Damn. yeah you you're in a sauna but the next night the same little girl gave him a signal that he could make his escape into the night
0: i mean he eventually got back together with his family at a pre-designated meeting spot too
1: ah the one thing archduke Franz ferdinand didn't do plan plan ahead <laughs> but that's actually really smart and the fact that his entire family escaped 300 people hunting them is just in itself wild
0: yeah. Uh, one night, the family horses got stolen, and Temujin volunteers to get them back because he's the oldest sibling. He mm. takes the responsibility. He rides all night, runs into a boy who saw the horses, and volunteered to help get them back.
1: Oh, Temujin's first ally.
0: Yeah, and the fact that uh, the boys happens to be the son of a chieftain is a pretty solid <laughs> ally to have.
1: Hey, what's up? All right, so let's jump ahead because I know you're excited, but we only know him as Temujin right now. What? When does he become Genghis Khan?
0: Well, that happens after he gathers all the tribes in the Mongolian Plain, unites them, and destroys any opposition.
1: All right, all right, we're going to throw it back a little bit because that was one hell of a jump. Yeah. Can you summarize that for us?
0: Okay, so remember that he was betrothed to Borta? Yeah. Even though he didn't really like her at the time? Yeah. Well, they did get married and they were like, okay, cool, this is great. And they were engaged, they were enjoying everything. And then one day she gets captured. hmm <laughs> Um, by the Merkits, and they, they give her away to be somebody else's wife. Oh, shit. Yeah, like, while they're married, just, like, gives her away.
1: Yikes, yikes, yikes.
0: Yeah, yikes indeed. So Temujin gathers his brothers, the Ungarat tribe that Borta was from, his father's sworn brother, and any men that he had. And he made another friend along the way named, uh, Jamuka.
1: So we got, like, a party of six going back to get, a uh, wifey.
0: Yeah, it was, a, it was a small group of 20,000 warriors.
1: Just a small loan of 20,000 <laughs> for What? How yeah. does he have so many already? Well, I guess the Ungarat tribe.
0: The Ungarat tribe and the fact that his father's sworn brother had uh, held a place of power. Ah, uh, so you know, like, that that's would a that lot would do of people. That
1: would, that, wow.
0: Yeah. So they went to the markets and it was uh, pretty much a massacre.
1: Yeah, with 20,000 people, I bet.
0: So, he began consolidating power from there, and a rift in his friendship with uh, Jamuka started there as well.
1: Oh, that's not good.
0: So, they were both trying to gather power and allies, but they wanted to lead in different ways. Jamuka wanted to follow the old Mongolian aristocracy way of things, a tradition that has been going on for quite some time, but Temujin wanted a meritocracy. Well, it's not exactly who you know that matters, but what you do that matters, Which is what he's should, thinking.
1: what it should be really yeah yeah
0: so down the line they would end up fighting mm-hmm. and temujin would lose the battle Oof. but it was really jamuka that lost um because he alienated any potential followers from that point on because he decided to boil 70 young men alive
1: boiling in a pot in a big ass pot
0: maybe like 70 pots
1: <laughs> what out of every way you could kill someone i and I thought, them. like, burning people alive was horrible, but, like, oh my god, I'd rather be burnt alive than boiled alive, what the fuck?
0: Yeah, boiled them. Oh Fucked up. Oh my
1: god, do they-, what that, do they That's do? why he had
0: no more followers after that.
1: What do they do, feast on boiled- no? No, just N-
0: boil them and throw them. them out.
1: Wow, that is so wasteful.
0: Throwing out the baby with the bathwater.
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: So, after the battle, Temujin would go lick his wounds and participate in more fights, rivalries, battles- and he would later personally kill Jamuka after capturing him. Uh, it was here where he Im- he began implementing his strategy of join or die. Mm. Where, literally, he would just go up to them, offer them a chance to surrender, or he would kill them. Like, he would do that, if you surrender, you join. If you don't, we fight. Cool. Uh, if you surrender during the fight, you still die.
1: So, basically, just join. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only option, really.
0: Yeah, like... If you decide to surrender partway through the fights, like, dude, I gave you a chance to surrender. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> you wanted to fight. Let's fight. So he showed no mercy. And what was special about him was uh, to the people who surrendered, he didn't drive them away. Mm. He didn't force them to get the hell out. Uh, he would find ways to integrate them into his society. Uh, he had their warriors join his army. After victory, he would adopt orphans into his own ridiculously large family.
1: I find it interesting that around the same time as the Mashika on the other side of the world are existing and doing very similar things, mm-hmm. so is Genghis Khan because Mashika, they took religions from any people they conquered and they in- infused it with their own. Yeah. And they infused the people. They weren't killing everyone in human sacrifice. And he's essentially doing the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But what about his own children? If he adopted orphans into his whole family, it must be huge. But then he had, like, what, three wives and a bunch of mistresses? Yeah. So how did that whole inheritance thing work out if he has like half of China as his half of Mongolia as his uh children?
0: Yeah. Um So he had three wives. Yeah. But Borta his first wife was the one that really mattered. Oh. So all the kids from his first wife were seen as his heirs and everyone else was just like, "Oh yeah, you're my kid, but, but you're not, you're not as important." And... <laughs> where it was like uh his immediate family versus the cousins.
1: You're not my real dad.
0: I'm I'm still your dad. It's just you're not as important.
1: <laughs> Awful.
0: Fuck. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's what's up. But anyways, let's get back to him adopting people, cultures, warriors, and their religions.
1: It was really cool when he did this. He. He was religiously tolerant, and any religions that came into the group he just accepted. Mm -hmm. He was also very interested in morals and philosophy. He would talk to holy people um, and other religions and just sit there and listen to their stances on, on things. And he didn't push people away, but he tried to integrate these new people and instilled a form of loyalty or camaraderie in them.
0: Yeah, he tried to get allies everywhere. Because he knew he wasn't capable of doing it all by himself. But, like his former enemies ended up becoming some of his closest generals. Like, Hmm. it was the weirdest thing. But, like, it worked out. Yeah. But, uh, if you crossed him, he'd fuck you up.
1: Oh, of course. This man killed 40 million people. Oh, yeah. And the, I hate that you gave me this word. Quarsmid? 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 So the Quarsmid Empire found this out the hard way. See, Genghis sent um, out caravans to try to establish trade with them because they were potential trade allies. However, Mm. the caravans were actually raided by the empire.
0: Yeah, the empire was a bit of a dick for doing that. So Genghis sent uh, three ambassadors to try to rectify the situation. They were made up of two Mongols and a Muslim man. This is important because of a little bit, I'll tell you. So the ruler demanded they take off their headwear. The Mongols complied, but the Muslim man refused to for religious reasons. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So the ruler got angry, killed the Muslim man, shaved the other's heads, and sent them back to Genghis with the head of their friend.
1: Yeah, and and when Genghis heard about this, he got real pissed, and he gathered 100,000 men and really fucked this guy up. Mm -hmm. At one point, he offered them the chance to surrender during battle, but when they did, he said, Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm going to kill you all. Mm -hmm. Don't kill my people. Um, So any terms that he laid out were thrown away, and he literally killed every single member of the royal family. Like, literally every single member, except the ruler who successfully fled.
0: Yeah, but he ended up dying mysteriously not too long after. Is
1: it mysterious then?
0: No, not really. No. (laughs) Uh, Cool, but messed up little tidbit. He ended up executing a dude by pouring molten silver in his ears.
1: That's just like that episode of Game of Thrones where they pour hot gold on uh, Daenerys' brother's head.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just like that.
1: Wow. Inspiration. We see you, J.R.R. Martin. Uh,
0: he ended up massacring like many of the civilians and enslaved the rest. And the campaign occurred in 1219 A.D. Another thing. Um, when he got back from his little campaign, mm-hmm. fucking up the Empire, uh, he... He asked, like, each of the tribes to send people to join him in this escapade. Mm-hmm. One of the tribes didn't send people, so he took that full force of people <laughs> and just smited, smote them. Smite? smit them. Smote, smote them. Smote them? Fucked them up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. You don't mess with Genghis Khan. So, he's old now. He's around 60 years old at this point, and he had a, a lot of kids and a lot of different kids with other people yeah so in 1227 he finally dies how you might ask well nobody really knows specifics Mm -hmm. it could have been from wounds of recent battles uh damage built up from old wars or hunting wounds or for all we know it could have been because he got an std from one of these women that he slept with yeah or old age or random illness like literally no one knows
0: there's also another theory where he captured like the princess of a tribe Mm mm-hmm and uh he was going to sleep with her, and she stabbed him with, like, a poisoned dagger. Badass. Yeah, so there's always, like, there's a bunch of different ways that he could have died. But we don't know. But we don't know exactly which one it was. Nope. Anyways, with his death comes a funeral, right? Of course. Because dude's got to be buried somewhere. So with a band with a band of men, they left for somewhere near the Onan River and nearby mountains called the uh, Birkin Khaldun. At least I hope that's what they're called. <laughs> Otherwise, I pronounced it wrong again. The men killed anyone that they saw along their way to the location where he was going to be buried, and with roughly two thousand funeral goers, there was a lot of people there. Shit. And it said that these funeral goers were then executed by the eight hundred guards that came with them before the, they executed themselves.
1: So it's like we all like say one last moment for uh, Genghis Khan, and then they just, right, just
0: They just drop your heads in prayer, and then, and
1: then they just execute them. Just dead. Shit. Yeah. And it's been said, actually, that after they buried him, they had horses trample over his grave to hide the fact that a person was even buried there. That's why we don't know where his grave is.
0: Mm -hmm. Another uh, theory is that they redirected the river over to where he was buried to hide the the burial site. So, with a kill count at around 40 million and reducing the world population by an estimated 11%, he passes on. Uh, fun fact, it's believed that Genghis Khan's murderous exploits offset one year of today's gasoline emissions. I
1: thought it was ten years.
0: One year. Because we're using so much gasoline. Oh my god,
1: we're so messed up.
0: Yeah, but, uh, Genghis Khan did his part to save nature. Global warming is real, and Genghis Khan knew that, so he killed people to <laughs> save <laughs> to emissions. To
1: offset for one year. We have to one off-
0: offset for one year.
1: Thanks, Genghis Khan, you gave us an extra year.
0: You homie. But anyways, the rest, as you know, <laughs> is history.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want to request any future episodes, please, dear God, DM me on Twitter uh, at FastPass1. I'm doing this cool thing now where I put one historical meme up a day because if it isn't memed, did it even really happen?
0: Mm, Good question.
1: So please, like my tweets. Also, if you you don't have a Twitter, you can email us at fastpasspodcast at gmail dot com. Uh-huh. any uh, request you want, or if you want the sources for any of the episodes, so you can cite us in academic papers, we will also give that to you. And until next time, bye bye.